Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. I'm sure I'm not alone in obsessing about giving my children the very best start in life, and skills are at the heart of that. I've focused on spellings and tables and reading books to them from the word go, fostering a love of music, rugby and gymnastics. And while these, I hope, will stand them in good stead as they take on the world, there is one skill that is possibly more important than any that tends to get overlooked. We all care deeply about our children. We hate to see them hurt, lose, fail. It breaks our hearts often more than it does theirs. But in being so protective, are we actually doing our children a favour or are we preventing them from building resilience? So with me today, I've got Michelle Robinson, a former Olympic athlete who is now a mother of three, motivational speaker and passionate advocate of resilience. Welcome to The Parenthood, Michelle. Hi, Marina. Really glad to be here. It's really nice to be here. Um, you know, it, I, I got to say, I didn't think about resilience that much when my children are little. And, you know, as they're a bit older, you know, do you think our sort of helicopter parenting, our, the idea that we don't want our children to be hurt and the fact that we can control it, you know, as the world gets easier to live in, as, you know, more people live in the first world in an environment where we have access to good health care and, you know, roads are safer and towns are safer, are we creating an epidemic of children who are growing up without having experienced any hardship and therefore don't have the resilience that we kind of need to take us through life. I think um, one of the points you've made there, I mean, several points, but one of the main points that just stuck out to me was the helicopter parenting. Mm. And I'm going to be honest, I, I've been there, you know, my eldest daughter's 15 and my husband's always said at all times, you just don't want her to fail. I'm like, of course I don't. He said, but how will she learn? How will she build up the resilience that she needs in today's world? Yeah. So I think we, all of us, we, we all jump in, you know, at the drop of a hat to, she's forgotten her clarinet, she's got clarinet lesson. And I, you know, I did it last year. I drove down a hill like a maniac. She can't miss that clarinet lesson. What will people think of her? What will people think of that she's missed a lesson? Actually, it's okay that she missed a lesson. It's not going to affect her grade. It didn't affect her grade. But the fact that I didn't want Reese to, you know, to, to miss a lesson and it to go down as a marker against her name, I jumped in that helicopter parenting. And I think we're all guilty of that. But absolutely, we do need to start allowing them to just be. And if there's failures along the way, then so be it. 
because there's you know there's a generation of children or kind of you know people in their early 20s who are sort of referred to a bit mean I, I get it that you know the, the special snowflakes you know these children that go into the workplace and they're like you can't criticize me yeah. or I, I couldn't possibly do yeah. that and and you know there is a certain amount of grit and determination that is really impossible in life. And do you think those children are a product of an overprotective cohort of parents who didn't let them fail? Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of the parents before, because they didn't want their kids to fail, maybe through their own failings, they're like, no, 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 I've, I've built this up. I've given them enough. I don't want to see my children fail. So actually when they go into the workplace and they get told to do something or you're late or chastised or criticised, the child's thinking, well, what do you mean? I haven't, that's not that bad because they're not used to it. Mm. Whereas we've been used to saying, actually, you're late. If you're late again, you're not coming back in mm. because we've always been there to protect them mm. and prevented them actually crashing down. Mm. And listen, if you miss, if I miss a flight, I've missed the you flight. You missed a flight. Why How should it wait for you? times I cry or snap my foot? <laughs> and the, the airplane's not going to come back. And this is what I say all the time. And, and I'm saying it. I've got slightly older children than yourself. But I say it all the time. You're 15 years old. We, don't ask me where your underarmor is. I'm not interested. You should know where that is. But I need it for my match. And you get the stomping, mm. the crying. The, you can see the frustration. And actually, in my heart's racing. I'm thinking, come on, think, think, think. I don't want her to go out without it. I don't want her to be cold. But actually, she needs to feel that cold so she can organise herself for the next game. Yeah. I've had to be resilient. Being an Olympic athlete, you have to hit rock bottom. And you know what? If we don't learn to bounce, and if we don't teach those kids to bounce... That's when all these things creep up. And I hate to say it, mental health issues creep in. Mm. And, you know, thinking a little bit about what is resilience, you know, is this resilience? isn't us being mean to our children. Mm. This isn't us not caring for them or, you know, willing them to actually hurt themselves. Mm. What, what is resilience? Resilience is the ability to bounce back from failure, mm. to hit the ground, feel, you know, really low, to cry, you know, to get the lowest mark in the class. And to come back the next term and say, you know what, I've learned from that and I'm going to put this into practice. Resilience will be me going to the Commonwealth Games and coming last and saying, you know what, I've got the world champs next year. I'm going to make sure I, that feeling that I felt at the Commonwealth Games, I never feel that feeling again. And bearing in mind, sometimes it, you, you still might repeat the same, same cycle again and come last, but it's not without not trying. Mm. I, and, and, and that makes so much sense. You know, you look at sports days with young children yeah. and they all get a medal. Yes. And, and on the one hand, that's really nice. They go home happy. But has it taught them anything? It hasn't taught them anything. And I disagree with that. So yeah. for, sorry for all those listeners out there. I'm not being a really hard parent. I don't believe everybody's a winner. Yet again, we're protecting them again mm. from the real world. It this, also makes winning less Less fun. important and less, you know, that, that want, that desire. So this first, second, third, not everybody's a winner. Everybody's a participant. I get that. But not everybody's a winner because you have to draw the line. Mm. It's a very competitive world out there. Yes, there's a better environment out there and, it's a, and there's more opportunities and everything for young people and people. But it's still a very tough win and lose world out there. Well, and also it's got to be tough if they suddenly, you know, until they're 16, they're in this world where everyone's a winner the and bubble. everyone is praised. Mm. And then suddenly they're launched into the real world yeah. in which there isn't. There isn't. And, and then they go into the workplace and they think, well, actually... Um, you know, there's four jobs and available and there's 200 people applying and I didn't get make the cut. Well, actually, that's life because mm. not everybody is a winner. Mm. So I think the more as parents we foster that idea to our children, it's OK to take part and it's great. And we must remember to praise them because I think that's something that possibly I didn't have in my life. 
I didn't have that constant, you're great, you're great, you're great. It's okay to tell them that they're great because they're yours, but that doesn't mean they're the greatest. Mm. And what does a resilient kid look like? Draw the picture in your own mind, I think. I mean, it? like, it's not, they're not necessarily going to have, like, bruises all over them because they've taken all these risks. And actually, it's about, you know, you know taking measured risks, isn't measured, it? You've got, we've got to take measured risks. And, it, you know, the risks have to be, I think we're always, oh, don't do that. Because, and, I'm, and I can honestly say, um, I've got Matthew, who's my husband, on my shoulder saying to me, it's okay for them to fall. I'm like, Elijah, get down from there, get down. You're going to fall. Why is he going to fall? Why, will he, why are you saying he's going to fall? Because that irrational emotion steps in and you start getting panicked by it all. Actually, he's not, probably not going to fall. And if he falls, as long as he's not going to fall and break his neck, he's just going to fall and scrape his knees. Mm, absolutely. So what does an, a resilient child look like? I don't know. I guess it's one, without, one with all the bumps, the bruises, the, the ability to bounce back, the ability to say, actually, mum, I didn't do as great then, yeah. but I'll be back tomorrow for another and day. And they're brave, I guess, in a way that's not necessarily jumping from the mm-hmm, highest, mm-hmm. but brave in terms of volunteering you know yourself for, out for the school play yeah. or auditioning for the music competition Absolutely. And because that that is for me one of the scariest things in life putting yeah. your neck out sticking your neck out and going people might not like me a bit like doing this podcast absolutely people might have thought what who is she absolutely. she's got no training absolutely and it's scary that's it, way scarier than launching yourself off a bungee rope uh, absolutely especially we're actually on the bungee joke on the bungee when you're talking about a bungee you know, that, that, fit, that makes me frightened. I can't even say the word because it makes me frightened. But going up in front of 2,000 people and sharing my story doesn't, doesn't scare me. So when I say to my daughter, go in there and audition for something if that's what you want to do. She's like, yeah, I can do this. But it's for us to say, go on, give it a try. Mm. You might not actually get selected though. But just bear that in mind. Was my husband says, don't even tell her she might not get selected. Just let her go and do it. And the, the key words to say to her at the end is, go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I guess there's also the idea that these children are kind of happy to push themselves out of their comfort zone. And that is scary. And we do find ourselves yeah. saying to kids, do you want to do the soft play area? If you don't want to, it's fine. Come back for a yeah. hug with mummy. But actually, it's so much more rewarding doing something you're a bit nervous about. Absolutely. The, the adrenaline and the joy yeah. and the pleasure that you get from having done something you didn't think you were going to like or maybe weren't going to be able to do or was going to potentially a little bit yeah. scary. And then you do it. Yeah. Amazing. You feel amazing. And I've often asked, um, you know, my children, how did you feel when you did that? I'm really glad I did it. I said, but beforehand, mum, I could have dropped out at any point. And I think we've got to act as a role models for that ourselves as well. This stuff I've done, and I think, even like now in my 40s, I think, I would never have gone surfing. I would never have tried surfing. And when I finished that surfing, I felt like I had an Olympic gold medal around my neck. And that's in anything. First time people have said to me, walking into a room sometimes can be really nerve-wracking. For, people, for some people that are a li- little bit less confident. And I'm like, why? But that's for me. But for them, that's, that's coming out completely out of their comfort zone. I think the more and more we push our children, and I do mean literally push, mm. go and try something new. It's okay not to always win. Mm. But I think it's, we've got to try and encourage them as much as we can to try different things because that's the real world. Food. Yeah. Trying different foods. Mm. You know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine last night. She'd been invited out to a restaurant and it's, you know, it's going to be a vegan, vegetarian restaurant. Her kids are real meat eaters. And she's like, but they won't like it. I said, how do you know they won't like it? They've never done it before. I said, but exactly. But they might be, there's going to be something on the menu they like. Yeah. yeah, but it's just not the norm. It's not the norm. Mm. But because you don't like it, means that you're putting that on them. Yeah. Well, actually, they might turn around and say, mum, that was really tasty. Try it. Children, I think all of us parents agree, they're born kind of with 
different personalities you you definitely see those traits as they grow up and there's that sort of nature versus nurture debate you know some children are just born really good at a certain thing at maths or literacy or singing whatever it is is resilience something that we can build or is it something that is predetermined I think some kids are built um, with resilience in them I can say that my eldest daughter's built with that Um, but I think we can foster it and we can develop that for sure Mm. I think the more and more life experiences that they go through um, they can they can almost add on to it and learn from that and say, right, actually, no, I, I managed to come through that. I can do it again. Us moving to a completely different area from Kent to Devon needed resilience from all of us. Mm. I was scared. It was a great opportunity for us, but still inside I'm thinking, suppose it doesn't work out. Yeah. But because I went in there with a positive attitude of, so what if it doesn't work out? We've tried and we're together as a family. Allowed to, so cause I, and I honestly believe that. So my children felt that. And they've gone in there and actually, guys, they've kicked butt. Mm. They've gone, they've made their names, they're enjoying school, they're smiling every day, they're getting involved every day. What more could you want? And that's from being somewhere placed for nine years and then all of a sudden turn up, hey, I'm the new kid trying to make new friends at 15. Kind of awkward, but she's done it. Mm. There was, I was reading a, um, it was quite a complicated study about, you know, looking at how the brain is actually sort of wired and the different parts of the brain that grow when you are resilient. Mm-hmm. And they did say that, you know, the more you exercise that, it is like a muscle. Mm-hmm. The more Absolutely. you exercise that part of the brain, the more powerful it will grow. Mm-hmm. So actually the more, it, you know, the more difficulty that you expose your child to the more resilient they will get so there is absolutely no doubt that mm-hmm. resilient in can be built in in any child yeah can be it's fascinating absolutely fascinating and kids so, bounce as well don't they kids yeah. really bounce hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the million-dollar question, how do we build a resilient child? (laughs) Letting them fail a lot more. Yeah. Stop being the helicopter parent. Stop jumping in. Yeah. Stop. Let them miss that clarinet lesson when they've forgotten their clarinet at home. Let them forget their football boots. Let them get the bollocking or the rollicking that they get from school. Yeah. Let them do, do the detention. Actually, say that's you took. You were in charge of that, and that's the decision you made. Yeah. Tough love. Tough love, and it's hard, Marie. You know, I can't. I can't sit here and say I do it all the time because I'll be being a hypocrite. But I'm more and more I'm seeing if we don't allow them to fail, we're going to make bigger, bigger issues for ourselves. Mm. Allow them, build the resilient child by failure, accepting failure. 
as part of, I mean, none of us life. go through life. I mean, even the most successful people are reading, you know, Michelle Obama's autobiography and talking, you know, she was describing her husband's early career and she was like, yeah, there was sometimes he made the wrong decision. And here's Absolutely. someone that is so admired and so yeah. well respected and has been so successful. Yeah. And even they have had failures. Absolutely. Because everybody has failures. Mm. Oprah Winfrey, who's my idol. Oprah Winfrey, when you listen to her journey, I mean, that's what you call resilient. If you want to look at somebody with resilience, she has that in abundance. Mm. But she's had to always go back to what made her who she is today. And it was from the hardship, the hard times that we're almost preventing all the time for our children. I remember, um, I think my son was in year one and I went and picked him up from school and they just started getting spelling tests. And I was I remember holding his hand, we were crossing the road and I was like, so how did the spelling test go? Um, and he said, yeah, well, I got nine out of 10. I was like, oh, which one did you get wrong? And what, what do they do if you get the spellings wrong? And he went, well, that's a marvelous mistake. And I was like, what? And he goes, mommy, mistakes are really important to make. If you, if you can't make mistakes, then you're never going to learn. If you are afraid to, to make mistakes, then you're never going to learn. And I just, I remember so well looking at my five-year-old then going, oh, he's got a point. A huge <laughs> point, a huge point. And that same reference talking about education. Two years ago, my daughter's in year five and she had lots of, she, English wasn't her best subject. She was a bit of a mathematician. And she used, to, she used to write along, write, 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 and scrub out all the time. And the English teacher said to me, um, she, she's got some fantastic ideas, but as soon as she feels she's doing something wrong, she scrubs it out and puts lines through it. And all I can see is scrubbing out all on her pages. And I'm like, she's like, do you think that's anything to do with you and, you and your husband and your expectations of her? And I went, maybe. Because my eldest daughter's brilliant at English. And I said, possibly, yeah, something I'd have to look into. So I, I said, I said, Eden, I've just got to say this to you, baby. Um, it's okay to make mistakes. Just write. And it's almost like as if you could see her shoulders drop down. And it's like I gave her the key to say, it's okay to make mistakes. She's flown ever since. Amazing. Amazing. And it's that same thing of sometimes they can bring to you, just because they're little, they can sometimes, like your son said, it's okay, that marvellous mistake. Because if you don't make mistakes, how do you know? Yeah. And how do you know what failure feels like? Well, and also, how do you learn? Like, whenever I make a mistake, I say, well, okay, I can either feel rubbish about it and sad yeah. that I made the mistake, yeah. or I can think, how, what can I do to ensure that that doesn't happen again? The next What time. can I, you know, I remember so well the first time I missed a flight and I was like, oh my God, I need to buy a whole <laughs> new plane ticket. My holiday is going to be a day shorter or whatever it was. Yeah. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to become a bit more organized and I will always leave a bit more time before mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and that stops you. That actually was a really important learning curve. Because I was, you know, that, carried on making it. You, totally. You, you know, and, until, you know, and, and, until it would have been potentially something much more. Much worse. more, exactly. So I think, you know, I always say that to my kids, much better that you make the mistake early on yeah. and you learn from it. You learn from it, you know, and I think like with school reports and stuff for this first term coming out and kids have to learn to think, well, actually, what could I do better for next time? Yeah. Let, let's, let's not make it such a big deal. It's not, it's not up to scratch. It might not be 100%. Did you do your best? I think the key words are, did you do your best? If not, why not? How can you improve for the next time? It's okay not to come first. Yeah. Because it is actually okay. Yeah. Well, not everyone comes first. Exactly. The whole time. Um, when I was researching this, one of the um, really interesting things that people, that scientists said kind of built resilience was a strong emotional connection to the parents. And this is something that 
you know, whenever I've been quite tough on my kids, I feel like I'm being a bit cruel and maybe not being that sort of warm, loving parent. But interestingly, the kind of studies say that, you know, the knowledge that they have unconditional support from a parent makes it easier for them to fail, makes it easier to acknowledge that they're struggling, that they're angry, that, and all these things are obviously so important in the context of sort of, you know, acknowledging our vulnerability is is so important when sort of building resilience. And so one of the things they were saying, you know, which is difficult in the 21st century, put down your phone and engage with your kid. And and I think it's something we all struggle with. I mean, it's so true. We carry around these things that are called phones, but they're not phones, they're They're supercomputers. Supercomputers, I like that. I'll share that with my daughter. With endless sort of notifications. They they are so demanding of our attention. And actually being able to sort of engage with them and have a conversation about you know how they're feeling and what their emotions are is is so important I think we need to that's something that you know we can all um, learn from in terms of you know let's put our stuff down let's hear about and I know it's idealistic and everything else but sometimes we do have to strip it down to idealistic right guys so every morning we pray as a family and we pray for a great day we pray to help others we pray to be kind Mm -hmm. and that's something that my 15 year old daughter suggested in October said mum why don't we pray every day and we've stuck with it um, apart from it, I've been in London for two nights, so clearly we haven't prayed then. They might have prayed together but without me. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the important thing, I, th- I think, going back to the question you said was for us as adults to recognise that our children are children and they have got different emotions on different days. Two girls, hormonal. They need that reassurance. Put, I put my phone down. How was your day? And I've got to be honest, Marina, sometimes I'm thinking, I really need to go and check an email but I've got to give them the time that they deserve because that time's gone and that moment might be gone for them. So I agree with the fact of really homing in on your children's emotions and letting them express themselves. And I'm not sure if I had that. And Mm. I'm I'm not knocking my parents. Um, My mum is my best friend. She still is my best friend. I have that more now. But as a child growing up, I never had that. It was, how was your day? Yeah, fine. And bear in mind, there was no computers or anything back then. It was just, there was the next best thing. They're trying to go back to work, going back to ward shift. You know, I never had that. So it's actually very important for me to have that with my children. How was your day? Tell me three positive things about today. And I keep or that. Or negative. Or, you know, any, I do say positive. To have that safe yes. space that safe you space can that you're be catch say, them. Safety you can be a brat or yeah. you can be yeah. a mean, you know, you can acknowledge that something someone did made you really angry. And that was really irrational because yeah. you shouldn't have been angry, but you were. But you were. And you know, I think we're under a lot of pressure, especially in Perfect. the 21st century with social media. We're, we're nailing it all the time. Yeah. And just to have a safe space to be like, oh, Today wasn't a great day, wasn't a great or I did day. something that was really shameful, yeah. and talk about it, yeah. and ne- learn through talking through about talking. it that yeah. you can bounce back. Yeah, and and I think that in itself is you know for us to turn around and you know I you know to say to our children, do you think you should have handled that like that? Open discussion. So I, I mean, obviously, I use a lot of my coaching techniques. Of do you think you should have managed it like that? Would there have been a better way that you could have dealt with that? Mm. Um, in order for them to start almost rethinking and reevaluating how they manage and cope with situations. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I'm doing right now with my two daughters is asking them open questions about how they're feeling. Are you feeling like that? I'll give you a great example. Um, there was a school party, 15-year-olds going to a school party. My daughter chose not to go to the party. She said, I didn't want to go, but she'd organised with a friend. A friend said, I'm not going to go either. Whilst they're at the party, I'll have a sleepover. At the last hour, her friend dropped her. 
and said, no, I'm going to go to the party. She was devastated. And me and, me and my husband, Matt, said, it's okay to feel that way. She said, yeah, but I'm, I would never do it to anybody. She was crying. She, was, she, she felt angry. I said, that's also okay. Because we've got to stop squashing and quashing their emotions and make them into little perfect rope. But they're not. Mm. Life sometimes is like that, where you want to cry and you feel upset. But what we said is, how would you manage that situation differently next time? And that is very, uh, you know, that's another point. You know, it's not about flying in and fixing it for them. It's not about no. calling up the mother of the other girl going, that, that was wrong. That was not okay. And this is what, what you should say to your friend. Getting her to problem solve herself. Absolutely. Not coming in and sorting Absolutely. it out. But, to, so, you know, and helping her by all means saying, well, did you, do, how, you know, did you feel like this? Do you think you should do that? But putting the ball in her court Coaching. so that she can come up with the solutions herself. And you're giving her then the confidence that to, she can come up with the solutions herself. Marina, I'm telling you, it's the, it's the biggest thing since I've been coaching and really coached for the last five years is... Asking the questions, you know, I do a lot of stuff with young people, 16 to 25 year olds. And um, I, I ask them the questions, how would it look if you tried this? And that same way I've, ad I've adapted that to my children. How would it look? How about if you ask this question to the young lady? Not telling her, because as soon as you start telling her, you're then starting to be her. And she's just mirroring what you're saying. So the fact that they can then start taking ownership, and I use the word ownership passionately, about what they want to achieve. And actually, sometimes it will be the girl hurting your feelings, saying, actually, I'm going to blow you out this weekend. But how many times have we been blown out, Marina? Yeah, and you forgive, and, <laughs> and you, you forgive, get annoyed, and, and you, you get... go for a run, or you have a scream, or you have a drink, or and whatever, whatever it, it might is. Do, whatever it might be, but actually, forget about it. Put it in the box, there's a next time. Mm. One of, I mean, we talked about, you know, resilient children being unafraid to, to take sort of healthy risks. Mm -hmm. How do we encourage children to take those kind of risks? Because, you know, none of us want the oh, recklessness gosh, of, no. a, of a child. Hello, no. no one wants the one that is stealing a car and joyriding yeah. and doing that, those kind of risks. Yeah. But risk is important. I mean, yeah. my husband climbed Everest earlier <laughs> this year and we had a big conversation around oh. risk and when it is good right. and, you know, actually that risking things in your life and putting, mm -hmm. you know, on the edge, it, it mm -hmm. leads you to grow in a way that mm -hmm. nothing else will mm -hmm. really enable Absolutely. you to do. So how do we do that? I mean, I'm not advocating climbing Everest necessarily. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to push my kids to be doing that or myself, actually. I, I think I'll pass on that. I'll leave that one to Ben. That's great. Um, I, would, I would suggest that the risk might be, um, for example, just give a, a loose example here. Reese going to her first ever party. She hasn't been to a party. Now, I don't know what image she has of this party, whether it's drugs, drinks, afraid of being involved, afraid to be vulnerable. But we've said to her, go and try it. But what we've done is, I think, when you're trying to encourage healthy risks, know that you're there to support and catch them. So at any point at all, you feel uncomfortable at this party and you feel, actually, I've given it a good enough time. I, I want to go home. Call me. Send a text code. So we've got a special code, which is not necessarily pick me up. I'm feeling like, you know... It could be like Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah, fish and chips, mm. whatever it might be, so that she can go because we want her to go. She needs to go. She needs to go to a party where it's actually out of her comfort zone, where she's seeing her friends in a different light because they might have had a, a you know a, a beer or a bo bottle of wine, whatever it might be. But she needs to go so she can know how to cope with situations when she's twenty-one. Yeah. 
And you're right. I remember so well, my daughter used to be terrified of standing on stage and performing. I mean, literally, she was sort of was like kind of pulling her hair over her face. She hated it. And when she started her new school, they gave her a solo, a singing solo. She was one of the angels. Can she sing? She's quite a good singer. Oh, that's I good. Mean, she was only five, so yeah. it's not like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she, I remember thinking, this, it's just not going to happen. She's, and I could tell she was getting a bit nervous. Anyway, she stood up on stage and she started singing. Oh. And she did it. And she did it amazingly. Oh. And I remember her coming after, up to me afterwards and she went, Mummy, I'm so happy. I want to cry. Oh, my and gosh. that, you know, for her was that's a it. real tipping point. Yep. It enabled her to have confidence in herself. Yep. It pushed her out of the comfort yep. zone and it told her... You are a good you are singer. A good singer. People Absolutely. do like listening they to you. Yeah. People love you. Make people laugh, and it turned her around in terms of a person. But had she not How been really know? encouraged yeah. by her teacher, who was I remember she'd done a sort of poetry thing the, the you know the weeks before, and she literally couldn't talk. Yeah, and you know I had her had her in my arms, and yeah. her, her her teacher her you know her her reception teacher was like, well actually I don't think that was good enough. I think she should have she was selected for the poetry competition. She should have. You know, I'm disappointed oh, that she didn't stand up there. Wow, and she was only four. Wow, and I remember thinking, God, that is quite harsh, but it had an impact on Iona, and so she when it went for her nativity play she did it and that was exactly the attitude so that she needed but some children won't respond to that like that marina Mm. yeah so maybe Mm. yes your daughter did but but i would suggest that there's got to be a handful of kids that would have gone the other way but isn't it interesting that i would have wanted to have said it's okay you don't do the course but if she'd have been selected and she'd sort of said i'm up for it and then not to even try it would have been worse actually i think i think you know it was it was a really good thing but it wasn't my instinct i've got to say exactly and i think as a parent it's not our instinct because we've got that woolly blanket around them fluffiness and i I mean it there is a balance in my house because my husband is like go on go and try it you'll be fine absolutely fine come on off you go because i think we very often rush too quickly to their rescue and it starts with yeah. the, the climbing frame it does <laughs> um <laughs> that's me and you know oh i spent all my money can you come pick me up yeah you know what walk home exactly actually. hello i mean there is a there is an element of that um again with with and i keep using I, and, and listeners please forgive me I, I really do use the clarinet story mm. because the reason why i rushed the clarinet down there um, at speed limits, breaking all speed limits. Because for one, I didn't want her to miss the 30-something pound lesson that I'm paying for. So the second time when it happened, I took it out of her piggy bank. I said, I'm, you're not going to the clarinet lesson. I'm not driving it down there. I, in fact, I was, out of, I was out of town anyway. I said, but when you get in, leave that money from your piggy bank on the table because you're going to pay for that lesson that you missed. Mm. Mm, because yeah, I think there's, there's, you've got to, there's got to be a learning there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking to one of um, the parents at my children's school the other day, and you know, kids are eight now. Yeah. And she said, Mike, you know, all the mothers are saying, God, our kids always lose school uniform. The school needs it. to be on it, you know. And this woman was like, hey, come on, it's our kids' responsibility. She said, what I do, if they lose their school uniform, they have to pay for a proportion of the, re- of the replacement. And Amen. she said, you know what, since we've been doing that, none of it's got lost. Absolutely. So I'm saying the same thing. We go thrift shop. Yeah. Yeah, we're not buying it back new. You go thrift shop. If you lose it, you're going without it. I had a really, you know, a dear friend of mine just saying the other day her son was going to do some, something at a new school, forgot his football boots. So my first reaction was, do you know what? He would have had to go in his trainers because I'm not stopping to buy him those football boots. Because actually buying in those football boots, where's the learning in that? Mm, absolutely. There's no learning in that. Yeah. Actually, if, I've, if I'm about to fail, my mum's going to catch me. 
So that, does, that, does that then breed resilience in a child? It doesn't. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, I speak for my kids, they are incredibly lucky in that, you know, they've got a, a roof of their head. They've never had to, yeah. you know, go hungry ever in yeah. their lives. <laughs> yeah. And is that not necessarily a good thing? Is a bit of yeah. tough parenting? Tough parenting, tough know? love. Don't my, my husband be on here and he'll be nodding saying, Marina, I agree with you. You know, when, when I come in and I've cooked them an amazing meal, I love, I love cooking. And they go, is that it? But let's not get on to that. Yeah. One, uh, one thing that I found quite interesting was just the importance of your kids knowing that you believe in them. Yeah. And actually, when I look back to my own experience, if people had confidence in me and someone said, yeah. of course, I know you can do that. Yeah. You know, that makes you believe in yourself. And Absolutely. confidence is a big thing. It's because huge. Some children are born with confidence and some children aren't. And some people lose their confidence. Yeah. But if someone else believes in you and it doesn't need to be a big, mm-hmm. you know, loud mm-hmm. and overt, mm-hmm. it just needs to be. Yeah, of course you can do you it. Can I do know that. you're, I, yeah. you know, I know you're really good at resolving that. Yeah. I know that if you fall off the climbing frame, I know that you're brave. You're fine. You're fine. Um, and I think that that actually it makes so much sense when I kind it, of it, it it really does when you um when you know that you've got somebody there that's got your back and and really gives you that encouragement. Um, that's me and my French teacher, 14 years old. I was acting a bit of a clown, and she said, "Shall I tell you something now?" And it, you know, now it'd be completely politically politically incorrect. She said, she called me out of the class. I was 14 years old. I was in a, a mixed school in Wembley. And she said to me, all those other white kids are laughing at you, not with you. You are very good at French. Go in there and be the best. And then I went on from that conversation, year nine. I'll never forget it. Her name was Mrs. Heaven, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. Marina, that was the turning point for me. I had to be told I was acting a fool. And I made that conscious decision. Actually, she's right. I am good enough. I am good like Gabrielle Cohen in my class. I'm as good as her. And then I ended up getting the A in my GCSE and then going on to further my career with languages in my A-levels and my degree because she gave me that, you're good enough. Yeah, yeah. In terms of sort of developing skills, um, I was reading, you know, kind of actually how ball games are really important because, you know, they teach you so many skills like, you know, impulsivity control waiting your turn being strategic problem solving you know taking risks that aren't gonna bankrupt you you know monopoly Monopoly. for example you know all of these are sort of really important sort of life skills and actually i mean we're we're recording this sort of in the run-up to christmas and i've sort of got a few board games my kids just love board games but i love Love the idea that you're right you know they teach life skills before life has demands demands yeah and i think that's something that you know Slightly going off piste here, but life skills is, is, is part of it. The resilience is a life skill that is needed um, and that we have to foster. We know that's, that's the case. But little life skills that you learn from a game, like waiting your turn, it's not your turn yet. So I think you're right in terms of the board games. Um, and you might lose. So my son hates losing. He's five, he hates losing. But that's okay. So, but he wants to storm off the table. I'm not playing because I'm not winning. His dad says, get back on that table you're not leaving till the game is finished. Mm, yeah. Even that, you can't just drop out when you feel like you can. It's a life skill, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. That's a life skill that we all got. Oh, I didn't like work today. Mm. Okay, so what happened? I, I'm not going back in. Did you give it long enough time to realise that you liked it? And were you gracious in oh, defeat? Okay, and that's it. Were you gracious in defeat? So if at the end of the game, that's fine. So quick story here. 
I'm just had my, my daughter's 10 days old. My son's 10 days old. My eldest daughter's getting ready for a ballet exam. She can't get the ballet steps. I've had a caesarean section. I'm breastfeeding. I've got the computer on the side. And she's saying, I can't do this ballet. I'm not doing this exam. I'm really not doing this exam because I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. And Miss Clark's really mean because she expects everybody to get these steps and she doesn't recognise that. I missed last Tuesday because it's my birthday. Then I missed the Tuesday after because you had the baby. She doesn't recognise that I'm giving up. This whole tantrum. I say, stop there. Can we find this dance move on YouTube? Yes, we can. Marina, I sat there for 90 minutes going backwards. No, okay, go back again, baby. Go back again. Go back again. I said, because you're not giving up this exam. You can give up ballet after the exam, but you're not giving up before the exam. Now, the easy parenting way out would have been, oh, don't worry about it. It's only ballet. You're hardly going to be a ballerina. <laughs> yeah, you're hardly Swan Lake. Yeah. But I said no. And the reason why I said no is if I allowed her that easy exit route out of there, that's something that she would continue for the rest of her days. She's, and she'd be the one that suffers the and most she, from And it. she's been the one that suffers because actually, it's not, not the ballet like we said, it's the learning, the skill, yeah. the skill behind it. She went on and got the distinction. She's still doing ballet today. Great. And the Elijah's five. So that was five years ago. Because the learning was, you're not, you can give up afterwards, but you're not giving up because the going gets tough. One, you talked earlier about kind of praying as a family yeah. and, you know, whether or not you're religious. I yeah. think a form of sort of reflection and mindfulness we know is really good for our brains. We also Absolutely. know it's important for children. And, and I think, you know, it doesn't mean you need to be meditating. Mm. It doesn't mean you need to be downloading an app, although you can, and there are some yeah. that are appropriate for children. But even just the idea of allowing them to be bored. I mean, oh, you know, gosh. we were talking earlier about how the fact I don't really have any stimulation in the car. And it's so when we're going on a long drive, I, re I remember doing this, just sitting and looking out the window and letting my thoughts wander. Yeah. That is mindfulness. Yeah, it going is. for a walk and not listening to something. Yeah. Or just Taking lying in. on your bed and looking out the window, even if it's for five minutes or 10 Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely, still. Because I think, especially in this world where we are hyperstimulated, yes. you know, we're sitting, I find myself like sitting, waiting for the tube and immediately my phone comes out yeah. and I'm scrolling down and looking Absolutely. at Instagram and Absolutely. the emails. Absolutely. Like, can we no longer have two yeah. minutes just to reflect, even at sort of traffic lights, to sort of look and, you know, see how the clouds are forming. Yeah. And, and that is actually physiologically very important for our brains in terms Switching of... Switching off. Yeah. And Switching sort of, off. Processing, processing all this stimulation that is fired at us yeah. on a you know minute by minute basis and sometimes we struggle with it all you know we we, we need downtime and mm. um, and we we talk about downtime i do love that one of, of the car thing we play, i mean you know in the car we play i went to market which is not not just staying still but it's to avoid the gadgets coming out the phones coming out and my husband's really strict on it. Not guys, no, it's okay. You don't need your phones. Oh, I'm bored. It's okay to be bored. So I think exactly what you said there. It's okay to be bored. Find yourself and centre yourself. Think of something else. Mm. Lose yourself in something. Look outside, look at the cars. Or even listen to music. Yeah, I mean, we love music. I mean, our house with music, I mean, we are. Sunday mornings, we're, we've got the West Indian food cooking and we're pumping and we're dancing around. <laughs> and that's the time where we feel free. I mean, they must think yeah. we're the bonkers Robinson family. 
And um, I mean, exercise is another really good thing for our brains and possibly something that we don't push our kids enough. And actually the kind of idea of sport, you know, that's Mm. a great sort of teaching um, method, you know, pushing them outside ourselves outside their comfort zone, you know, that pain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh, Can't I don't just want to continue up. my run. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the idea that you notice progress actually really well, you know, for some children, French is difficult to yeah. learn and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really don't feel, but you know, you start them running and each day it gets a bit better. Absolutely. And then they, monitor. that is, is a wonderful experience. And we know that it's got great physiological and mental benefits. It's one of the key things. I mean, you're talking to, um, you know, two people that are mad into sport, you know, me and Matthew have got the the, the fitness gene running through our bones and fortunately so have the kids so we like the outdoor we like the sporty life we like playing a ball game we like playing rounders cricket in our garden outside we like being active that is what the Robinson family I mean we've I've even got a little acronym on there fit family Robinson because we love it and we like it because as well Matthew doesn't want our kids sitting on watching tv so Monday to Thursday we have a no tv it's just no tv in the house so my little son says to me is it Friday yet can I watch TV now? And Fireman Sam comes on and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But tomorrow, no, 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 but it's not Monday to Thursday, mommy. And we've instilled that from now because there's so many things you can do. So I've got him colouring now. So after he does his homework, he's colouring at the table because it's so easy for him to run to that iPad where you see him turn into a monster driving this driving game. <laughs> Elijah, you don't need the iPad. But his exact words are, Reese is on her phone. Eden's on her phone. I need something environment is key mm. and actually you know going back to the sort of mindfulness because your coloring is mindfulness I mean, my kids have just started sewing doing embroidery oh. and we do it together and it's so nice because we can actually have a conversation but we're focusing on something and we often have the result. most amazing conversations you know stuff comes out that if I was looking at them intensely yeah. they wouldn't be like oh mommy I'm struggling with this whereas yeah. we can have a much better That's conversation really if we're sort of the focus isn't on the conversation absolutely it's a bit it's a bit more fluid isn't it yeah and less stressful yeah so you do probably hear a lot more um, about what's going on I remember I was at the airport in the summer in in Canada and my son picked up this embroidery he's like I'd like to buy this with my pocket money I was like really come on and you're not going to enjoy it and he was really insistent and I eventually asked okay fine have the embroidery it was so good that I I bought some because I was like actually I want to do it I love it and that's great mindfulness And, and, and actually you know what why shouldn't he I love that Marina yeah absolutely I really, that's really, that's really good. Um, We talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of modeling behavior, about how the behavior that we show will basically be the behavior that our kids, you know, I was talking to um, a psychotherapist about grief and she said, it's so important for you to model good grieving because that's how your children will learn to cry will learn to express their emotions and and I think the same applies to resilience if you are resilient yourself if you are prepared to stick your neck above the parapet and to take a risk and to embrace mistakes and failure and learn from it then your children are going to learn how to do that 150 percent we have to start learning to Think all the time we're doing stuff. Think of the impact it can have on our children. And, you know, and I, I won't go into it into further details now from parts of my childhood that was learnt behaviour. Um, so I'm very mindful of how we behave, myself and my husband, um, and how what they can pick up on and start modelling that behaviour. So resilience for us, we should say it all the time. My husband applied for several jobs before we got the job now. 
And he was explaining to my daughter, and one of my daughters said, but daddy, why don't we just stay where we are? You're not, it doesn't look like you're getting through. And daddy said, because actually if grandma and granddad and, you, and your great grandma and great granddad stayed still, you guys wouldn't be here. Mm. And I was like, you know what? That's so powerful. He's right. We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep pressing on. And when he was getting the no, getting down to the last two, the easy thing to do would have said, okay, maybe it's not my time. But he carried on and he persevered. Mm. And they know, like we say to them all the time, carry on. Come on, baby. Keep persevering. Don't and, stop. And it doesn't mean it has to be dogged pursuit no. of the same thing. You can change what you're, what you're pursuing. You Absolutely. Can cha- you know, you can, things, be a slightly different job. You can reflect on that failure and think, oh, well, maybe those aren't my skills. Maybe I need to tweak it a little bit. Absolutely. Because there's that fine line between... I will do it. I will do it. And actually, you're not good enough. And you're not exactly. This is what I said. I know for me, I was never going to be somebody that studied maths. Maths was my nemesis. But I do know if you put me in front of something else that I can build on, like cooking, I enjoy it. I can build on it. And each time I build on it, I feel great about it. So you can even use that as an as an example. You can't try and make kids be something that they're not. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's really important for us to always re- um, remind ourselves. You can't always make kids be, and we certainly mustn't live our lives through our children. You're right. Optimism is something that's also really important, and we haven't really talked about that. But I think that is really important in terms of, you know, you can you can either be a pessimist or you can think, you know what it's the sun's going to shine on sports day Amen. and we're going to have a great time. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got a new teacher at yeah. school this term. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and presume she's going to be a flipping great teacher. Brilliant. Because if you go into that term thinking, oh, she's new, she's probably going to be rubbish. What does that benefit you? Absolutely. You've gone in there already with a negative mindset. So you're going to get, you're probably going to get a negative outcome because you're looking through it with murky glasses already. So you're talking to me, Marina, whose glass is always spilling full, like my mum's. My mum's ray of sunshine, her glass is always full. Mum, I'm applying for a job. Oh, baby, go and go, go for it. Not, are you good enough? Why are you doing that? With some parents are like, well, why would you do that? Go for it, baby. Give it your best shot. And that's what I try and my husband tries to say. Go, go for it. Nothing wrong. I think optimism in a household is key. Oh, it's raining outside. Mum, we might as well stay in and... It's raining outside, guys. Do you know what? Yeah, it's raining. Let's go and put on a brilliant DVD. And then when the rain stops, if it stops... We'll go out for a walk. And if it doesn't stop, we'll still go out for a walk because it's not the end of the world. And there are days which, I mean, I'm sure as, as parents, there's days where we think, actually, this is pretty tough today. And that optimism doesn't always shine through. So let's not pretend here. But I think it's our role to go for the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, be really bouncy and positive because that's what our kids will learn from and foster and think to themselves, actually, 80-20 is not a bad rule to follow. Yeah. Michelle, this has been so great. I've so enjoyed chatting to you. I wanted to read you one thing I found online and I think it just summed up what we've just been talking about. All children are capable of extraordinary things. There is no happiness gene. There is no success gene. There is no doer of extraordinary things gene. The potential for happiness and greatness lies in all of them and will mean different things to different kids. We can't change that they will face challenges along the way. What we can do is give them the skills so that these challenges are never able to break them. We can build their resilience. I love that. It's great, isn't it? I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming along and chatting to us today. Um, You can follow Michelle on Twitter. She's at 
Tall Mish and on Instagram at Michelle Griffith Robinson. There's loads of great YouTube videos you put up. I love all your Instagram and your, <laughs> your Twitter feeds. Thank you, Marina. And thank you, guys. And thank you, listeners. I hope you managed to gain some insightful information from it. But let's keep going and let's build these resilient children that we mm. all want and hope for. Thank you. And thank you for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please spread the word amongst your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at theparent.hood or me at marina.fogel. Please continue sending in topics you'd like us to talk about. But in the meantime, from Michelle and me, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>